0: The Gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 18, beginning to read at the 15th verse. Jesus said, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, It will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus spent a lot of time praying and he taught us to pray too. And one of the lines he taught us to pray was your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In our gospel readings for the next few Sundays, Jesus offers a series of templates for those seeking to build God's kingdom on earth to become, if you like, kingdom communities. And as we begin a new academic year, I begin as your new chaplain, And we look forward to welcoming new members, it seems a good time to start reflecting on the kind of community we want to be. Today, this evening, the template that Jesus offers us concerns reconciliation when there has been conflict between members of the community, perhaps quite a heavy start to our reflections. Just when our lives seem to be governed by rules and regulations in an effort to curb the rise of coronavirus, We tune into church to get a break from it all, and Matthew hits us with another set of rules, guidelines for some juridical process under which the church is to conduct its disciplinary business. Or is that what they are? This evening's text is also known as the rule of Christ, and it helps us reflect on how we, as members of a community, who believe ourselves to be one body, because we break bread together and are baptised into the one body, how we hold that community together, even in times of conflict. In the words of Jesus, how we regain a brother or sister who has offended. At the heart of this lesson from Jesus is a focus on reconciliation and restoration rather than punishment. The tenor of this whole chapter in Matthew's Gospel is of going towards the offender and inviting them back into conversation. A dialogue we hope will lead to confession, restoration and ultimately reconciliation. Our passage tonight is sandwiched between Jesus telling the parable of the lost sheep, the shepherd who left the 99 to go after the one lost sheep and bring it back, restored to the community, and following our passage tonight, we have a conversation with Peter about forgiveness. You can never forgive someone too many times. So as a community seeking to model God's kingdom on earth, let's turn to the four steps that Jesus outlines for dealing with conflict. First, it involves if, if it involves one other person, try and sort it out between you. Next, call in a couple of trusted members to work with you. If that still doesn't work, turn to the wider body of members. And finally, if none of that has worked, the person may need to leave the community. In a previous parish in which I served, we had a member of the community who I'll rename Brian out of respect for his privacy. Brian arrived at church one Sunday and immediately settled in. He was kind, friendly, helpful, and keen to get involved. On top of that, he seemed to be on an important spiritual journey and was looking for a church that would walk with him on that journey. He was every clergy person's dream new member. He quickly became a valued member of the team. And then on one terrible morning, we received an anonymous letter informing us that Brian had a criminal record and had spent time in prison for sexual abuses, including towards the person who had sent us the letter. She had seen an article Brian had written following his confirmation, where he'd posted a picture of himself alongside myself and another priest who was a woman. Brian's victim felt that she must warn us because she was pretty sure he hadn't dealt with his past. At around the same time as the letter arrived, we received some complaints from younger females of staff from the non-profit organization with whom we shared our building. Brian had been making them feel uncomfortable, asking for their phone numbers and showing signs of other inappropriate behaviour. As I look back on it, I realise that my boss, the, the rector, the vicar of the parish, that his response to this problem followed the template offered to us by Jesus in today's gospel, almost to the letter. First, he and I, as Brian's priests, met with him We spoke and we offered him the opportunity to tell us anything he wanted to about his past. We tried to listen, but he wouldn't or couldn't tell us anything. Then we brought in two more people, but still there was no real speaking or listening. And so we were unable to move through these stages outlined by Jesus. On Brian's part, there was denial and refusal to concede that any of the things we told him had been reported to us were true. Brian's inability to confess led us to feel that we had to tell the parish council. Step three in Jesus' stages of redemptive disciplinary action. The word that occurs again and again in what Jesus has to say is listen. Listen to the person who has wronged you. Listen to the people who are trying to regain you as a sister or brother. Whichever side of the conflict you fall on, listen." But Brian refused to work with us, he wasn't listening, and we were aware that far from being resolved, things were getting worse. In the end, the rector decided that we would have to tell Brian that whilst he could join us for public worship in church, He wouldn't be allowed to stay for coffee hour and his volunteer work and other ways of socialising with the church would have to stop. And so we ended up with step four in these stages outlined by Jesus. Brian was no longer invited to be a full member of the community. This was an incredibly difficult and painful decision for all of us. For me, I felt that the church had failed to help Brian who was clearly dangerous and had serious mental health issues. It felt like more than we could cope with, drawing only on the resources of our community. However, what we could offer him was the assurance that no one is beyond restoration to the community. We offered that members of the church, the vicar and some of the men's group, would be happy to meet him for coffee outside of the church services and buildings. We also found a specialist counsellor, whom the church agreed to pay for, who offered to meet with Brian on a regular basis. If you like, we were saying, it isn't safe for you to come to church at the moment, but the church will come to you. And this move by my vicar, illustrates for us why today's gospel is not a set of rules, but a rule of Christ. How do we understand the last stage of redemptive action offered by Jesus. When Jesus says that if all else fails, let that person be to you like a tax collector or a Gentile. What are we supposed to think? Is Jesus telling us to exclude this person from our community, turn our backs on him and get on with the task of being church with good people? Sounds very unlike Jesus. In the stories about Jesus's life, who are the people he reaches out to? crosses cultural and society boundaries to be with, if it's not the Gentiles and the tax collectors. What is the point of the story of the woman at the well or the Syrophoenician woman, if it's not to remind us that Jesus spent a great deal of his time with those people? The message of our gospel is that it is never too late. The person has never gone too far to be beyond restoration to the community this gospel passage comes hot on the heels of the most iconic parable of going after the lost one. The shepherd doesn't wait for the offending sheep to come home. The shepherd goes out beyond the fold and brings the sheep home. No one is beyond the reach of God's grace. Now, I chose to share the example of Brian this evening And it's getting close to being as bad as things come on the spectrum of wrongdoings. And I wanted to talk about Brian because it seems clear to me that Jesus' model for discipline extends to all wrongdoings. There isn't a threshold after which the sin is too awful to be treated in this way. But the invitation Jesus extends to those who have been wronged, that they should seek ways to restore the wrongdoer to the community, applies to all of us, whatever the nature of the wrongdoing, however big or small. I don't say this lightly, and I'm aware that for those of us who have sat in the seat of the wronged person, the victim, what Jesus is asking here may be very hard to hear. But I think it is what he is saying. Those of us who have been wronged need to work with the support of our brothers and sisters in the community, at least to introduce the steps required for the wrongdoer's restoration. And so the only question left for us to ponder is where we fit in this scenario Jesus paints. This evening we may have listened with an ear of ourselves as the person who has been wronged. We may have been considering how we have or would deal with someone who has offended us. But let us not forget that we will also find ourselves on the other side of that situation as the wrongdoer who is hoping and praying that God's love and mercy will extend to us, broken and flawed, as each of us are. And fortunately, Jesus reminds us in the final verses that wherever and whenever we gather in his name, he is there with us, being the channel through whom we give and receive God's love even when we find it hard to be loved or to love. It is through God's strength that we can imagine becoming a community that is building the kingdom of God in Leuven. Amen.